Today is I Love My Church Sunday. Some churches call it Vision Sunday. There are all sorts of different names for it, but we believe that it's a reflection not only of how God loves his church, but how we love our church. So if you're visiting for the first time this morning, uh, this is not normally how we do church. This will be a little different than normal. Uh, Nathan isn't normally as naughty. He's usually much naughtier. It's not entirely true. No. Um, but bef before we actually uh, talk about what, we, what we're going to sort of get into this morning, I want to do one thing because I believe it's actually the main purpose for God's church to be here, and that is to introduce people to his son, Jesus Christ. We exist as a church to actually bring people into relationship with Jesus and then to make that relationship more and more intimate on a daily and a weekly basis. And that's why the whole of God's church exists throughout this world. And so I want to encourage you this morning, if you're online and you've tuned in, perhaps for the first time, perhaps for the 10th time, and you're not sure that you have what we would call a relationship with God, with, with Jesus Christ, or if you're here this morning, and you're investigating the idea of following Jesus, of being what people call a Christian, then I want to encourage you to take a step to actually ensure that. Because we are a community, a fellowship of people who follow Jesus Christ. That's why we're called Christians. We're Christ followers. And to do that, we actually have to take a step of faith at the beginning of that walk to say, okay, Jesus... I know about you, I've read about you, I've heard about you. You may have even felt his presence in your life. But Jesus is waiting for every single one of us to take that step where we say, okay, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. I want you to be in my life all the time. And so as a church, we give people opportunities to do that every week. If you're watching online, you will notice that there's a little button that comes up in the chat, which says, raise hand. We know it's a virtual hand because if you do it while you're, you're watching online, nobody sees it. But if you press that button, a member of our team will be able to talk with you privately online to walk you through a prayer and the next steps to take to actually start a relationship with Jesus Christ, to start following him, not just to know him, but to get to know him better as you walk with him. If you're here this morning, and you're feeling the same way. You've heard about Jesus. You know about Jesus. You've read about him. You may have even sensed his presence. But you have never taken that step of saying, okay, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to let you come into my life to fill me so that I can lead, so that you can lead me. I'll be here at the end of the service. I'd love to actually talk about that with you and discuss that with you. Pray a prayer with you to take that first step into accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior because as a church that's why we exist it's not just part of our service it's not just something we do because it's on the ecumenical calendar or anything like that it's because Jesus brought the church into existence to bring people into relationship with him and so that's that's beside anything else we do on I love my church Sunday it's actually bringing people to Jesus and letting them know that not only do they have a friend in Jesus, but they have a Lord, a Saviour, and someone to follow. So anyway, 
enough of that, if I can get my device to recognise me. No, I'm ask, sorry, you can't say can, anything. We can ask the, ask the, why don't we give the uh, band uh, that's a, a good hand idea. this morning as they leave the stage. By the way, my name's Chris, and this is my beautiful wife, Victoria, otherwise known as Vicky. That is my name, Victoria. It's not what I'm, I go by, usually, but if you want to call me Victoria, I love it. <laughs> I do love it. So today, as uh, Chris has says, said, is I love my church Sunday, and that's an exciting day for us. And today we're going to talk a little bit about mission and strategy. And we want to share some really broad strokes with you this morning about um, what we as a church are to do as a first step and, and how we plan to do it. And uh, we're going to talk more about how that impacts and builds our community here when we go into Vision Builders Sunday in July. So this morning we really want to talk about where we are right now, where we've been and where we're going. And the question is, how do we move forward? Yes. And, of course, the, the, the phrase that, that comes into people's mind when we talk about where we've been, where we're going, is, is COVID. And so we, we've divided our world into pre-COVID, COVID, and post-COVID. It's amazing how a little virus that none of us have ever seen has come to rule our vocabulary. But if you think about it, just over two years ago, our church landscape looked very, very different. We had two church services on a Sunday, uh, and we met in person at both of those. Uh, dinner parties was, were just coming into their own as our midweek gatherings. We were getting together in groups of anywhere between six and, and 20 people. Uh, that was a big dinner party, that was. Um, we were regularly holding baptisms, new Christian classes, and welcome functions all in person. And C3 Kids was bursting at the seams. Over the last few years, the landscape has changed. Physically, it's changed. We haven't been able to travel anywhere near as much as we'd want to. Uh, we've learned how to use Zoom. And we've learned to cope with isolation. These are all physical things that have affected our lives. There's been emotional change. The whole idea of, of what the COVID virus is doing in our, in our society and in our, our, our population, the emotional effects of isolation, the, effects, the emotional effects of vaccine policy, of um, politics, work from home, schooling, toilet paper. I mean, the stress of not having any has affected a lot of people. Not so much these days, thank goodness. We've all come to the realisation that there's plenty of paper. How that ever got to be a thing, I'm not really sure. But it's also affected the landscape spiritually. Yep. We haven't been able to meet for prayer. We haven't been able to have community except at an arm's length. Now, we've got used to bumping fists and knocking elbows and, or just plain hurroo. We've had to learn to cope with extra restrictions on our life. And so our connections have diminished. 
No matter what people say about online connection, and hi to you people online, and I'm, we're glad to have you here, but I'm here to tell you it's not as good as meeting in person. There is a, a lack of depth, a lack of interpersonal relationship, a lack of, lack of eye contact. If you don't like what I'm saying, you can, uh, you can watch TV, go into the kitchen, make a coffee. If you're here, I can see it when you do that. <laughs> Especially when you're watching TV. So uncertainty has taken its toll in all areas of ministry. Now let me, let me be clear, does that mean that our faith in God has been diminished? No, I don't believe it has. But has it affected how we outwork that faith? Most definitely. To use a nautical term, we've had to batten down the hatches and weather the storm as best we can. Wisdom dictates that we wait until the storm has passed before we raise the sails again. But the big problem we have is that maintenance mode is addictive. People have got used to being in isolation. In fact, some people have realized that they like isolation. People have come to this idea that people, other people, can be a nuisance. That having to organize meetings takes up time in your calendar of Netflix and Binge and Stan and Amazon Prime and all of those things you can do, because you can entertain yourself by binge-watching things for hours. Just to mention that the latest Jack Reacher series is really good. <laughs> and yes, I did binge-watch it through the uh, women's event on Friday. <laughs> so I need to have Nathan tell me actually what happened there, because I wasn't listening. Um, I wasn't in the room either, by the way. <laughs> so. To set our sails again requires a new strategy and new thinking. Yep. God is a God of new things. God is a God of resurrection. But Jesus wasn't resurrected to bring back the old, but to usher in the new. Our mission hasn't changed. Matthew 4.19, Jesus called out to them, come and follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. So our mission is to make disciples of people. Discipling people into the kingdom and then discipling them into maturity into their relationship with Jesus. Now this, is, this has become sort of difficult and we acknowledge that. Uh, but we want to encourage you with a, a quick video clip from our regional directors. Uh, we, we pray for them on Sundays. I don't know whether everybody's uh, met Lars and Megan or not. But Lars Halverson, C3 Darwin, C3 Darwin yep. is the uh, Australian director of C3 Global. And uh, he's actually just uh, given us a little video clip to encourage us. So if you'll turn your eyes to the screen, let's check it out. I just wanted to say hi and also just to share a word of encouragement for you. I know many churches around the world right now have noticed that when we've gone back to church, there's less people, less teams, less volunteers. It's not kind of what it used to be. I just wanted to speak into that with an encouragement here this morning uh, from Scripture. Jesus actually uh, spoke into this very issue, I believe, in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 37, a Scripture we all know well. He says, I tell you, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are 
I just wanted to say hi and also just to share a word of encouragement for you. I know many children, nine, in verse 37, a scripture we all know well. He says, I tell you, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. See, this isn't just an issue for 2022. This is a perennial issue of the kingdom. Obviously, we're feeling the pinch right now, maybe more than we have in a long term, in a long time. But Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. These things are still true today. The harvest is still plentiful. I think we need to fix our eyes on that firstly, is the fact that no, there is an incredible opportunity out there right now for all of our churches as we love and serve Jesus to our communities, that the harvest is plentiful. Obviously, the workers are few. That's what we're feeling right now. Many churches around our nation and around the world feeling the pinch of not having enough teams, serving volunteers, whatever it is, that workers tend to be few. Well, who likes that? The harvest is great, but the workers are few. Do you know what the, the, the fabulous thing about that particular statement? Because it could sound a bit depressing. But Jesus gives us the answer to that in the very next verse. Verse 38 says, So, pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. We often pray things that Jesus hasn't told us to pray. But sometimes we forget to pray the things that he's commanded us to pray. He says here, pray to the Lord for workers. Who should pray? Are you going to leave it to Vicky and I? We can pray up a storm. We're good at it. We've done it before. I believe, though, we all should pray. This is actually, this is, when, when you boil it down, this is what we call strategy. This is a strategy to get things done. This is something we can all be involved in, which actually points the church in one direction and adds power and volume to what we're doing. I believe that we can take action together today with the faith that it will result in something tomorrow. As part of I Love My Church Sunday, we're going to encourage everyone not only to pray for more workers, but to encourage each other to do so all through this month of February. Yes, so you will have found on your seats today this little card, and this is just reminding you of that scripture. And so we're going to ask that every single church member, every single day for the month of February, pray this prayer for workers. That's something that we can be engaged in together. We can be, as a community, in one mind, in unity, as we come together and we pray to the Lord of the harvest for salvations, for workers. If you're on a team here today, you can get together with your teams and you can pray for, for more people on your teams. Um, we can pray to have the seat next to you filled. We can pray as we get together during the week in our dinner parties. We can be reminded of this and we can pray together. So for the whole of February, we're going to join together and we're going to pray this prayer and see what our God will do. Yep, and if, you, if you're online, um, you can see this, but you, you, I can't pass it to you through, through the camera. But if you, you need one of these. So what you need to do now, right now, is text somebody that is here, that you know, that you know that you can connect with in person in the next week, 
and just tell them to get, more, get another one of these. So if you're here this morning and you get a text, let's just pause. Now there'll be a bit of a delay, I think, because I think the stream's a bit uh, um, delayed as well. But between now and Vision Builders in July, uh, we're going to be seeking God. We're going to be talking with our key team. We're going to be reshaping some of our structures and strategies to place us in a strong position to continue building the kingdom of God in Nord. The reason we do what we do has not changed. Matthew 28, 19 tells us, Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even till the end of the age. We love God and we love the people of God and we will continue to serve both. But we can't do it alone. It requires a community to achieve this. And sometimes I think we lose sight of how far we've come. I was contacted during the week by a church member who now lives in England who was here for Easter Sunday 2002. Not only was he here, but he had a Panasonic camcorder up the back, and he has recorded about 30 minutes of the service. Now, I'm not going to play all 30 minutes. I'm actually only going to play you a 30-second clip, which just shows you what this place looked like and what some of the people looked like. There's not terribly much of a close-up of the worship team, but I do have the full clip uh, in my possession, so if you want to see uh, who was up there, let me tell you that there are teenagers up here who have grandchildren today. It's just to highlight to you the power of prayer and the power of when we come together as a community, how things change. So a little bit of where we've come from. No one wants to go back to those times, believe (laughs) me. But it's a great example, uh, as back then as we are now, that we're at a key point in time where we need to take advantage of our youthful enthusiasm, especially the youthful enthusiasm you see in this clip, uh, together with the wisdom of experience that we have 20 years later, uh, which sets up a strong foundation as we move into our next season. So for the next 30 seconds, enjoy. put you off forever. Things have certainly changed. What I'm going to do now is invite uh, some of our key leaders up on stage and uh, because I talked about the fact that we all do this through community and this is part of the community of our team and so I think it's important for us to actually hear from them as we move forward. Can you take the pulpit away for me? Thanks David. We counted right. We counted. 
Right, do you want to take over from here, Nathan? Uh, no? no, thank you, Christopher. Okay. Or Victoria. <laughs> oh, dear. Ooh, it's become <laughs> very formal. Uh, these guys are all, all uh, members of our, our leadership team. They, they have varied and often many roles. Um, this is Carmen and Nathan. Or Car Nathan <laughs> and Carmen, sorry. <laughs> Kirsty and Brendan and Jordan with the beard, we already know. Um, <laughs> Jordan is a worship director and a member of the board. Uh, Brendan is also on the board and is in charge of uh, dinner parties along with Kirsty um, and uh, lots of other technical stuff. Um, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Really, really self-explanatory. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Um, young, young families, C3 kids, uh, are run by these two. They also are in charge of this, uh, this service. Uh, uh, Nathan is also a member of uh, our board as well. So that they all perform multiple roles. I've possibly forgotten uh, more than one. Um, but uh, they contribute in, in a lot of ways to uh, this church. So... Um, I'd like them to tell us. Share. Share. That's a good idea. So Kirsten and I have been thinking about dinner parties coming into the new year and how that plays into um, our church and our church community and what we would like to see. But I think, Pastor Chris and Vicky, so you've got some things that you want to share about that. Yep. But um, there's some sort of big life questions I've been thinking about and Pastor Chris and Vicky touched on it earlier. And those questions are, uh, who am I and where am I going? And I think they're like big questions all of us need to ask in our lives. I don't know if you saw that Spider-Man movie, one of the old ones, but the end scene, the teacher comes up and teach, is teaching literature. And they're like, you know, people talk about all these different kinds of stories that people tell, but there's really just one story. And the one story that everybody tells is who am I? And I think all of our lives really are that story, who am I? But as I was thinking about that question, I thought, you know, when you start to ask yourself, who am I, and, and, and figure out your identity, your identity can't be formed in isolation. Because a big part of your identity and who you are, and then where you're going, is made up of who you surround yourself with and, and what you are a part of. Yes. Yeah. So if you try and answer that question in isolation, you'll just find something in isolation. But... Actually, a big part of our life and our world is about what, it, what is the contribution that we're going to make to society or to community? What is the contribution that our life will make? And, and what am I a part of? And so that's sort of been what I've been thinking about because the last two years have been extremely difficult as people become isolated. It actually impacts on your identity. How do you see yourself? Hmm. But what that means coming into the new year, is that as we relaunch dinner parties and, and try to push forwards into a greater sense of community, what we're also doing is enabling you to ask that question, who am I and where am I going, by contextualising it in a way that makes it meaningful. Because the real question is, who are we and where are we going? Because we're not in isolation, we are part of something. And as we contribute... And as we become closer with one another, you know, like the regular rhythm cycle of life, mm -hmm. you gather around a meal table, mm -hmm. you share life with one another, mm -hmm. 
You might not like the people you get together with, but it doesn't mean that they don't make up a big part of who you are and, yeah. and where you're going. Yeah. So. And Jesus is at the centre of that, obviously, yeah. as well. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, like I think when you look at the disciples and them walking with Jesus, mm. they, that, that was like a big part of it. They didn't just go off in isolation and say, I'm going to go figure out who I am. Mm. They walked together, yep. did life together, and yep. Jesus was in their midst. Yep. And he was the one that mm. was the centre, yep. guiding them into who they are and what was their contribution. Yep. Each of the disciples had their own yeah. contribution to make. Yep. And it's, it's in community that they found that. Yeah, so good. And we see dinner parties as a, a valuable part of our church. You know, the church is not these four walls. It's us. It's the people. And we see dinner party as a way that church community can grow and flourish. So dinner parties are a place where we can come together and be people who share together. You know, people who build each other up, encourage one another, step up for each other when needed, drop off meals, babysit, pick up groceries, help move house, check in, be a shoulder to cry on, an ear to listen, pray together study the Bible together, have theological discussions together. Amen. <laughs> you know, we can grow in compassion and empathy for one another. You know, people will be sharing their stories, listening to stories of what has been experienced by others and what God has done in their lives and how they've experienced Christ's love. Um, you know, it, it, they will be a place where we can welcome other people um, into our church and community and a place where we can reach out from there um, to people who have not experienced Christ's love and to show it to them. You know, I could probably go on, but <laughs> I think that covers a lot of it. You know, we've, we've already seen much of this. You know, I'm not saying this hasn't happened. We've seen it in action. But what we really want to do is, is see it and strive for it and go deeper and create a culture of Christ-like love and community and discipleship this year. There's two scriptures I've been thinking about. John 13, 34 to 35, that says, So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Yeah. And 1 Peter 4, verse 8 says, Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. You know, we see a community of people whose response to others' sin is to love and not to judge. We will come alongside people just like Jesus did and support them, shed his light on their situations, build them up and love them and help them grow. And most importantly, point them to him, to God. Yeah, very good. You know, I, I read something recently that basically said, freedom, joy and connection come alive when we embrace ourselves as, an, as imperfect disciples, raising imperfect disciples on a journey to discover the love of God. So we want dinner parties to be a big part of that journey for all of us. Ooh, yeah. very good. We're around each other a lot. It's okay. We can share the microphones. <laughs> I was going to say, when's the music going to stop? It's like past the parcel. <laughs> yeah, well, um, as, as Pastor Chris and Pastor Vicky said, we um, make one of our, our jobs and uh, a job that we love is to make sure that this community and this gathering on a Sunday morning is a beautiful and wonderful experience and is an expression of God's love. I've been thinking a lot about uh, the passage at the end of, of Matthew about where Jesus says, go out into all the world and make disciples. 
I love that he says that once we have encountered him, we are to share that. And it gives us a roadmap as to how to do that. And we see in the lives of the apostles and especially Paul. Paul would go into a new town, a new community. He'd set up shop in the marketplace, do his trade, do his skill, talk to people about Jesus and a community would start to build. And it got to such a place that he felt he could leave and do it again. And Pastor Chris and Pastor Vicky have come into Norwood. They have grown something, built something, built a community. And it is our job, each and every one of us, to show the love of God to others outside these walls and within the walls. A gathering on a Sunday for us is game day. It is a great day. It is a day where we come together to worship God, to acknowledge together that he is in charge, that he is not just our saviour but our Lord. Mm. It is a day where we come together to learn, to hear the word of God because that is what transforms us and moves us forward. It is a day where we can serve and we can discover our gifts It is a time where we learn and grow together. You know, things happen. We're not perfect. Things happen within within teams, within relationships. We we learn and grow and move forward together. And we, and Jesus said, we are the light of the world. We are a beacon to our community and uh, to the broader community. So church on a Sunday is is so vitally important. I've heard so many people over the years say, oh, yeah, my personal relationship with Jesus is fine. I don't need anything else. But as Brendan said, we are not designed that way. You know, at creation, God said it is not good for man to be alone. (laughs) And he didn't just mean with him. He meant with another human being. And isn't that such a powerful picture? I love, um, Brendan and Kirsty have touched on this, but I saw this quote from, um, uh, on Facebook, a follow group who quote Mr. Rogers. And they said, ah, oh, beautiful day in the neighbourhood, best movie. And he, he said, everyone longs to be loved. And the greatest thing that we can do is to let people know that they are loved and are capable of loving. And I feel like that's our heart, that's our vision for this community, is that would we would love people extravagantly, bring them in, put, save the seat next to us for them and show them love and that they are capable of loving. This is a place where Jesus is at the centre. It is the kingdom of God. It is not me focused. It is others focused. And what a powerful, powerful thing that is. Awesome. Yes. Agreed. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. um, uh, Only a couple of things to add in terms of uh, we highly value Sunday gatherings just personally. It's always been a priority for us as a family, individually before we met and uh, has been now as a family. And even this morning our kids were 
uh, ready a good half an hour before we were, at least the, the two young ones oh. were bouncing around. Yeah. We, 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 we want to get checked. We want to get checked. <laughs> <laughs> like, with their bags on, their toys yeah. packed in. Uh, so, so they love. What are we uh, feeding them over there? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we had to work on the old, older one. Older one, yeah. She's. Yeah. <laughs> we hit the tweens. <laughs> but um, Paul, Paul writes uh, in the New Testament. Let us not uh, neglect gathering together as some yeah. are in the habit of doing. Yeah. Uh, and so, so that's a, a value f- for us. Um, and we see high value in uh, just like dinner parties and the gathering together and. Um, uh, other principles in the Bible of iron sharpening iron, uh, where there there are certain things that happen when you are in community. Um, uh, I think it was Tim Keller, uh, Presbyterian minister from New York, has written a lot of books recently. Shared a quote: "You cannot have absolute freedom and community. Yeah. You cannot have those two things are kind of diametrically opposed. Because if you've got absolute freedom yeah. to do whatever you want to do with no consequences, it's not considering other people. It's yeah. not living in community and considering community. the relationships and the impacts mm-hmm. and the consequence of those things. And so yeah. I think it's similar to what Brandon was sharing, that uh, we, we see uh, Sundays as forming community and a gathering here, but it's um, what we take to our world yeah, during right. the week. Sundays are a place of getting empowered. May, maybe things have happened during the week and yeah. uh, the experience of being in worship and being prayed for, the, the ministry that happens, the preaching might help us recover from the week ahead, but also to empower yeah, us true. to go and be the church. Uh, right. Often there's a, a lot of... Uh, older organisations or mindsets that people might say, oh, we, we can rely on the church to come in and fix that situation yeah. or fix this uh, problem. And we do have some kind of institutional programs, I guess That's you could right. say, in our vision builders where we have programs we support collectively as a church. But ultimately, uh, we are empowering individuals to mm. be the ministers in their workplace, in their street, in their yeah. school, in right. their right. place of education. Beautiful. Uh, if there, there is a need... Uh, coming together, we get empowered by the Holy Spirit, we get fed by teaching, we get uh, the experience of gathering together, the energy support uh, yeah. to go and do it again That's the following right. week and carry it forward and make an impact in Absolutely. Our, our neighbourhood. So, Absolutely. Yeah, for all of those reasons, we see Sunday as critically important and, um, yeah, it's a, it's a key part of our calendar. It's like it's, it's always in our calendar and we yeah. always, if things come up, we always work uh, to, to see it. how we can solve those other things yeah. because this this is a yeah. priority and a value yeah. for us as a family. That's right, yeah. that's right. And I just also want to add that the generations are so important. Mm. Every age, life stage, everything is important and, um, you know, our heart, is especially for our kids, and, you know, they're, they're starting um, a series this morning called Love and Serve. And what a beautiful opportunity to teach them from a young age what the heart of God is, and that is to love and to serve others. And, uh, you know, I'm just so looking forward to seeing the transformation in them between now and the middle of the year um, as part of our, our larger yeah. community. And, and just uh, one more anecdote. Uh, so Jemima, she... Um, she Loves to serve, loves to be involved. and She's nine. She's, she's, our she's oldest. nine, yep. but when back a few months ago when she was eight, sitting in a rehearsal, and she's like, Oh, why aren't there any lyrics on the screen? I said, Oh, because yeah, the, um, the person comes later. She said, Oh, can I do that? 
And so for the last like, three, four months, probably a bit longer, she's, whenever I'm here early enough, uh, we, we've got one car, so, but I'm often on production things as well. Uh, she just wants to help and she gets great joy out of uh, serving and contributing even at the age of nine, yeah. uh, help, helping in rehearsals. And she even, you might not have noticed, she even did half of Christmas Eve um, service on, on the screens as well. So Goes your mind, mate. Yeah. yeah. So good. And I guess that's... That also highlights for me what community is about. That it's not just about sitting there and, oh, we're, you know, we're loving and all of that. But it, all of that takes work. Like, being in a community means actually being involved in the community. It's not just sitting there and reaping the benefits of the work that other people do, but we're all involved, we're all in it together. Yeah. You know, I think about the picture of, you know, an Amish people moving a barn. That's not just like, Chris and Vicky moving it, or us as leaders moving it. That takes a whole community coming together yeah. to work and do it all together. And so that's where, for me, that's one of those great things about community, that it's about what we can do together. And what we do together and when we support each other is so much bigger than what we can do by ourselves. Yeah. And so I heard a great quote that talked about... I mean, they use the phrase worrying, which is a bit worrying, but they said, <laughs> like, we should worry about those that we love. We should all worry about those we love. And then we know that we always have somebody worrying about us. Yeah. So then we don't have to worry about ourselves. And to me, that's what the Picture Rock community is. That it's not just about what do I get out of it or, you know, how, how can I do things? But that we actually need to step in and step into the gap, you know. And there's, there's all those little hidden little secrets of community that don't, people don't think about. Like, you know, Kirsty talked about, oh, you know, providing meals and doing all of that. But that takes organisation. Somebody needs to, like, call people and say, hey, Vicky, can you make a meal? Hey, Mariah, can I get you to help do some shopping? Georgia, um, Kirsty's moving house, do you have any boxes? Like, all of that, like, that doesn't just happen. People have to be intentional and think about, mm. how can I lean in? How can I help? How can I use what gifts I have? You know, one of the, one of the spiritual gifts is administration, which doesn't sound very exciting. Because when we think of administration, we think of doing paperwork. But what they're talking about is like governance and leadership and organising people together. It's yeah. about getting people and having that relationship with people so you know their gifts and then you can lean on them and we can, we can all use our gifts together for the benefit of the kingdom. And I think that's, for me, that's really what community is. It's how can we all come together, use what we have, however, however we have it, and then we can do incredible things and what we'll see is the community coming together that becomes so much more powerful yeah, yeah. awesome oh I think that was me okay I'll blame it I'll, blame it. I'll take the fall <laughs> no well okay well I was just going to say that's why it's so powerful what we're doing for the month of February taking those cards and coming together because every one of us mm. can be involved in that yeah. and we're adding to the community yeah so I just want to finish, because we're pretty much out of time, uh, with three things that everybody can do. Uh, the first that I want us to do right now is pray for our leaders. Now, this is only a representation of our leaders. I know some of our leaders are online right now, and there are some here in the congregation as well. Um, but I think it's important that we pray, um, not just for their leadership skills, but uh, as leaders, one of the hardest things, I think, to do is to actually let God have his way. Um, because I think often we use the term leader incorrectly. Uh, leaders, we're servants. Uh, and leaders have, are just people who have chosen to serve more than other people. 
Um, and so uh, th- as leaders, I believe that the, the people in our church need your prayer. So I, I'm going to ask you right now, if you're online or right here, just lift your hands, right, uh, put them towards anybody you know who's leading anything in our church, as well as these people up here. And let's just pray. Lord, I thank you that your Holy Spirit is here, but we pray right now that you bring your Holy Spirit into the lives of our leaders every second of every day. Every question that they have, I pray that you are there with an answer. Every struggle that they face, I thank you that you are there to help them overcome it. Every victory that they celebrate, I thank you that you are there also cheering them on. Lord, bless them, encourage them, and lift them up as they do the work of the gospel, as they do the work of the ministry, helping your church grow on this planet Earth, in Jesus' name. Amen. The second thing you can do is pray with those cards that we've given you. Hopefully somebody's received a text to have more of those sent to them so that we can all pray together. Uh, And the third thing that we can all do as a congregation is to make sure that our voice is heard. It's not just leaders who impact how we as a church move forward. If you've received an email about doing the NCLS survey, (laughs) please do it. Because if you don't, your voice will not be heard. This is a survey that we actually take very seriously. Um, It is something that helps us decide the, the path that we take. It lets us know what we've done well in the past. It also lets us know what we've right royally stuffed up. And we have to be honest enough to say, well, if we've stuffed things up, we need to change things. But if nobody tells us that we've stuffed up, how do we know? And so it is important that everybody who has had the opportunity to fill one of those in, please does so. Um, I've actually received notification that the NTLS have extended it until March, but do it this week. (laughs) Don't take that. Don't say, because I shall keep reminding you until we get at least 75% of the congregation having filled it in. So you've got a choice. Take 20 minutes and be bored doing a survey that you don't want to do or risk having me in your ear for the rest of the month, every week and into March possibly. Um, those are the things that we can do. Everybody has a voice. Everybody can, can help uh, steer our church, guide our church into the next steps that we're doing. So please be involved. Uh, that is the thing that warms Vicky and, and, and my heart more than anything when people are actually involved in their community and moving us forward. So thank you guys. Thank you online. Uh, it's great to have had you here.